This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Few weeks left in this NFL season, and we know who the awards finalists are from the regular season, Joe Fortenbaugh. So I want to get into some of these NFL award categories. Let's start with MVP. I don't know if there's any big surprises here, but the candidates include Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes. Jefferson, obviously, being the only one on that list who is not playing the quarterback position. I hate that about NFL MVP. It frustrates me beyond reason. That Elaborate this is just on that. Why? It's just a quarterback award. It, it just frust- It's like the, the best player is not always the quarterback. It, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that you could never have a defensive player in there for much of this season, frankly. There was no real front runner. Like all of those guys have been in the mix all season long, but there was no real like standout front runner, even statistically. These these guys didn't kill each other this season. Jalen Hurts is in the conversation. He gets injured. Joe Burrow starts the season incredibly slow. Josh Allen, we know what happened here down the stretch of the regular season and in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, sure, he's great. He's probably going to win it. We've seen these seasons from Patrick Mahomes before, but frankly, I think you can make an argument that what Justin Jefferson did is more impressive and we more unusual, frankly, and also... We're not going to see him win the award because he doesn't yeah, play quarterback. Yeah, but it's not the most unusual award. It's not the most impressive player. It's the most valuable player. How valuable can you be? And I hate the fact that I have to make this case because I love Jefferson. He's fantastic. But the guy touches the ball, what, nine times a game? How valuable right, is that? He was on right. Okay, but he was incredibly valuable to that team. That yes, looks like fool's gold now here where we sit today. But this is again a regular season award. That so was the defense's about- problem. I, I don't don't even worry about that. I think you're, you you can stay you can stay on track with that. That the defense let them down. I I don't think you need to worry about making that case there. The the, the point that's concerning though is he only touches it nine or ten times a game. So how valuable can he be? I think it's impressive when his quarterback's not in contention for this award, right? Like that makes it all the more impressive. Like he is the guy on that team. And people are pointing to him like, hey, you're the one who really did this. And you're the one who really had the success on that team. That's so much harder because of how few times he touches the ball versus these quarterbacks. It's so much harder to be part of that conversation if you're Justin Jefferson. So I I can sort of use your logic against you. Yes, he doesn't touch it as often as those guys. Also, he has so few chances to impress compared to those guys. So when he does it, and when we're looking at him and pointing the finger and saying, you're actually the the one who did it, you're the most valuable player on your team, that's so much more impressive than doing it, than if your cousin's doing it or doing it from that quarterback position. And even more yeah, impressive when you consider his quarterback's not part of this conversation. If you win 13 games and this guy touches it 10 times a game, what's so valuable about that? He only I mean, has 10 at, times look- to impress you. Like okay. It's a lot easier for me to impress you when I get to touch it 65 times a game. But you keep using the word impressive. I notice you're not using the word valuable. You're using the word impressive. If it's, if it's the most outstanding player, the most impressive player, the most electric player, yes, you have a great case. It is the most valuable player. Look at three of the final candidates. Burrow, still playing championship weekend. Mahomes, still playing championship weekend. Hurt, still playing championship weekend. 
Like it's not That's a coincidence. fine. I, it defies logic to me. Like, let's talk about Jalen Hurts then. And, and Eagles fans are about to get real, real mad at me. Okay. Jalen Hurts, very valuable to his team. Of course. Uh, is it because of that O-line? Is it because of A.J. Brown? Is it because of the other weapons he has around him? Is it because of the help that he has in the backfield? Because I saw Jalen Hurts last season and it didn't look quite the same. You're walking yes, maybe into a he's trap. Taking, I'm walking into a You're trap. Walking fine. Into a but trap. if we're going to have a conversation about what's most valuable, maybe that Eagles O-line is actually what's most valuable to the success of that team overall because oh, Jalen was on that team or maybe it's AJ Brown because Jalen was on that team last season and it didn't look like this. Amber, can you tell me the Philadelphia Eagles record without Jalen Hurts this year? I cannot. I don't have it in front of me. But it They're 0-2. They okay, lost well, to Dallas and they lost to the Saints. That's, well, that's the right. definition that's of value. He went down. They immediately lost to the Cowboys. He was down against the Saints. They immediately lost. He came back. They won. Although they, they won. almost got it done against the Cowboys. Yes. I, I'm, almost. I'm, I'm, almost. I'm, 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 I'm it's not the most almost got it done player of the year award, in, in, in which case Gardner Minshew would have a, a, a case there. Hertz's value was on display in extraordinary fashion this season. He plays on a great team. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why when you weigh him against Burrow and you weigh him against Mahomes, you have to factor that in. But when you weigh him against the rest of the league, he missed two games. The Eagles offense stunk in one of those games. In the other game, they had a ton of turnovers, which cost him the game. And that's something he doesn't do. He doesn't turn the ball over most that much. That His value was on display. I mean, I always thought Peyton Manning... Should have won the MVP the year he didn't play a single game because the Colts were the worst team in the NFL. Like, there was never more of a display of value than the year Manning didn't play at all because that team went from Super Bowl contender to worst team in the NFL like that. Yeah, but it didn't look like that. And also, how good is is Gardner Minshew? Is that part of this conversation as well? So, I, you know, you can compare him with the backup comes in and then they lose two games. It's a two-game sample size and they almost won one of those two. There was one game that they they looked bad collectively as a team. One game. How many games of those 13 would the Vikings have won without Justin Jefferson this season? I mean, we can play this game all day long. We can yeah, play but this you're game not going to win. Guys That's the position. problem. The guy touches the ball ten times a game. He's not valuable to the extent that Patrick Mahomes is. Ryan, we have spent Tannehill all week touches the ball a lot more than Derrick Henry, who is more valuable to that Titans team. I mean, we can we can do this on a bunch of teams in the NFL, and it ain't always the quarterback position. All right. So, how, what's what's Christian McCaffrey's value in your opinion? It, it, Scott through the roof, way more than Brock Purdy. And yet, as valuable as he is, no one could care about this calf injury he has at all. No one is talking about his calf injury. Yeah, no one's talking about it. We are staring at Patrick Mahomes. If the cameras could have followed Patrick Mahomes in the shower to let us know how he washed that ankle, they would have done that. That is all we're (laughs) doing this week because of his value. Jefferson is going to get the token um, best offensive player award. I think that's the ultimate insult, is that you have an MVP award, and then you have best offensive player, which, again, if the quarterback wins MVP, why is he not the best offensive player? Because it's designed to make sure that we can compensate for the guys who never have a chance to win MVP. You have an excellent point. It's not that it's fair. It's just this is the way of the world. The Heisman Trophy is almost always going to a quarterback. MVP is is almost always going to a quarterback. Uh, The Offensive Player of the Years uh, this year, two of them are still, you know, those guys in the MVP conversation, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. You only have Justin Jefferson. 
as a contender here for Offensive Player of the Year outside of that quarterback position. Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, Micah Parsons. We were supposed to go through more of these categories. You and I got so bogged down on MVP, <laughs> we didn't even get to the interesting components of Come Black Player of the Year. That's where Christian McCaffrey makes an appearance. Saquon Barkley, Geno Smith. I think that that's a really interesting category. Coach of the Year, I think, is an interesting category with Dayball, Peterson, and Shanahan. And the rookie of the year as well on offense, Brock Purdy makes an appearance on that list. I think that's interesting when you're talking about Very a quarterback that, you know, he's been great, but how much of the regular season did he actually play? And that, again, is emphasis on the quarterback position. It's ridiculous. We do. We overstate it. We do it too much, Joe. Do you like that? Do you like Brock Purdy being part of that? Purdy's rookie Purdy's, of the year? How many the games did he play Purdy. in the regular season? Four? Well, I mean, Purdy missed the – well, he's, what, 8-0 right now? And that's two playoff games. So I think I he went 6-0 right in now. the regular season. 6-0 regular season, 2-0 playoffs, 8-0 right now. Okay, so six games in the regular yeah. – six out of 17. So extremely limited. I mean, there's a whole case in terms of that being the defense, the running backs, the wide receivers carrying them. There's a great case there. The biggest argument against Purdy is the fact that he only played six games. Garrett Wilson from the Jets was fantastic yes. given the situation he had to deal with at quarterback. Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco. Like, that's one of the guys you want to be looking at. Um, Kenneth Walker, the third, the running back in Seattle, had a really nice season. I think it's fascinating quickly. Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, not one of the three favorites. Not one of the three finalists for the coach of the year. I know they list five, but the three finalists are Brian Dable of mm-hmm. the New York Giants, uh, Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers, and Doug Peterson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I got to be honest, I think they got it right. I don't think Sirianni should be in the top three. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, Mel Kuyper's first mock draft is out, and he has how many quarterbacks? Speaking of the emphasis on quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks in the top 10? We're going to talk a little college football. That's next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's that time of year, Joe. It is that time of year. I miss college football season desperately, but we get 
the mock drafts from Mel Kuyper that we get to break down and we get to freak out about them. We're only on 1.0, so we're going to have <laughs> months of this, uh, okay? But this is the debut here of Mel Kuyper's 2023 mock NFL draft, and it is something because he's got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks going in the top ten in this draft. I think that that would maybe surprise people. Five. Who are the five? Five. five. Jalen. Well, let's start Stroud, with. Stroud, Young, Levis. Sorry. Four quarterbacks. Oh, four okay. quarterbacks going in the top in the top ten. C.J. Stroud being the first one off the board for him. He has C.J. going to the Houston, Texas with that number two overall pick. I, I don't think that is shocking to anybody, right, that C.J. would be the first quarterback off his board? I don't know. See, this is this is an interesting year for quarterbacks. It depends on what you like. Bryce Young is going to be very, very popular, mobile, smart, athletic, can do it all, dual threat, kind of the direction the position is going to an extent, but there are concerns about size. C.J. Stroud put up a monster performance against, against um, Georgia in the college football semifinal that performance was one of the best performances I've seen from any quarterback this season that helps but there's concerns there there's concerns and then on top of it a lot of people don't like Will Levis from Kentucky that's the scout's choice a lot of guys love Will Levis this year he's eight to one to go number one overall I'd sprinkle a couple bucks on that remember this year might not have been great but the year before the offensive coordinator at Kentucky was Liam Cohen. Liam Cohen came over from the Rams. He left for a year to go back as the offensive coordinator. Now he's back at Kentucky. That was a pro offense, and Will Levis was putting up monster numbers. Do not sleep on Will Levis. He's going to be a high draft pick. And number one overall or the first quarterback off the board? Because obviously number one right now overall is the Chicago Bears. Now are they going to end up trading out of that number one spot and trading with a team that actually needs a quarterback? Because I think we assume – they're not replacing Justin Fields, although there's been some weirdness around that in Chicago. Mel has the Bears taking Jalen Carter, the D-tackle out of Georgia, with that number one overall pick. Bears defense stinks. That's a great pick. I could also see it being Will Anderson, the linebacker, pass rusher out of Alabama. Yes. He's probably the best player in the draft. Mm-hmm. I think if you're the Bears, you're going to end up trading back. They have positions of need everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. So I think what's going to end up happening is everyone knows Houston wants a QB at two and that idiot organization couldn't figure out how to tank the last game to make sure they secured number one. Mm -hmm. So now someone's going to be sniffing around out there trying to trade up. The Colts aren't that far back from number one. That organization desperately needs a quarterback. There are plenty of teams in the market. And remember, people talk about these draft picks. Oh my God, you can't give up all the draft picks. Why not? Why not? The, the franchise quarterback on the rookie deal is the most valuable contract in all of sports. If you love Bryce Young, go up and get him. Who cares about the picks? Who I say, cares? I say go up and get him and then also draft another quarterback. Like, draft three more quarterbacks. Just draft a quarterback every single year until you hit on one. Draft quarterbacks in the second round, in the third round, in the fourth round. Who cares? Look that at Brock Bill Purdy. You never know where you're going to hit on one. It's the position you have to hit on. Just keep drafting quarterbacks until you do. So CJ goes to the Houston Texans. You have then Will Anderson, by the way, with that third pick to the Arizona Cardinals, according to Mel. The Indianapolis Colts take the next quarterback off the board, which Mel Kuyper has as Bryce Young, Alabama's quarterback to the Colts. Do you like that fit? Yeah, that could make some sense because you're playing indoors. Like Bryce Young, some people talked about if the Bears moved on 
from Justin Fields in some bizarro situation? Do you draft Bryce Young? I don't know, man. 185-pound quarterback at Soldier Field in December. I don't know if that's the move. Again, you got to be aware of your division, and you got to be aware of your stadium. That's how you build your team. So Bryce Young playing in the Dome, and then his divisional road games are in sunny Florida, Jacksonville, Nashville, Tennessee, and the Dome in Houston. I don't think that's much of a problem. I think the, the Colts would be thrilled if they had a couple options at quarterback sitting there at four. If it came down to Levis or Young, the Colts are in good shape there. The problem there with Bryce Young is that he doesn't have the build, right? I mean, there's not many quarterbacks that NFL scouts like under 200 pounds. And that's always the knock there against Bryce Young is that he's an undersized quarterback. It's sort of the opposite conversation when it comes to Will Levis, who people feel like looks the part of the quarterback. He has, Mel has, Will Levis going fifth to the Seattle Seahawks via a trade with Denver. So he has Seattle coming up in this draft, taking Will Levis, I guess, punting then on the Geno Smith experience, which I think that's interesting in and of itself because of how well Geno did play the majority of the year in that system in Seattle. But what's even more interesting is Mel Kuyper thinks that Will Levis is the best quarterback in this draft. Take a listen to this. You got to forget this year he was banged up. He was beat up, played behind a horrible offensive line. Uh, go back to 2021 when he had some help. He had Luke Fortner anchoring that offensive line. He did a heck of a, jag with, a job with the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Darian Kennard was there as well on that O-line. Uh, he had Wandale Robinson, who was now a New York Giant, catching the football. So Will Levis, to me, is the guy who may not be the first quarterback taken, but will be the best quarterback out of this draft. And we've seen that over the years. Guys that are the best quarterbacks aren't always the first or even the second quarterback taken in the first round that particular year. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. So Will Levis, he would be a little bit ahead of the curve there, Joe, in terms of learning that pro-style offense because that's what he played for the Wildcats in Kentucky. But are you surprised that Mel Kuyper thinks Will Levis is hands down the best quarterback in this draft? No. No, not at all. Not at all. There's plenty of good reasons to understand why he fell off this season. He was awesome two years ago with a great offensive line and Liam Cohen as his play caller. Liam Cohen came over from the Rams. It was a pro-style offense. He's going to be able to take the next step. And I'm telling you, he's 8-1 to one to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Put a couple bucks on that if you can afford it. Put a couple bucks. What's the harm? If the Bears trade out of that pick, it's going to be a quarterback. And now suddenly 8-1 to one is no longer going to be available there. Mel Kuyper is not the only guy who thinks Will Levis is the best quarterback in this draft. I know people think that's odd because he didn't have a huge season and he went to Kentucky. Deal with it. Josh Allen went to Wyoming. No one knew anything about Josh Allen. Everyone is lying if they're telling you they watched him play at Wyoming when he was in college. And yet, look where he is. In a draft class with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen and all those dudes who didn't pan out, he's the guy that ended up being the stud. You don't have to have monster college numbers and play at Alabama in order to play quarterback in the NFL. You don't. The only difference there, I will say, is that I had no idea who Josh Allen was in college because I didn't watch any Wyoming. I've known about Will Levis for quite some time. And in fact, we had very high expectations for Will Levis this season. And he disappointed. Like, he fell short of the expectations. He's been in the national conversation. He's not flying under the radar at some small university. Moving forward here, Mel has the Lions trading up to get a D-end, the Raiders with an O-tackle, the Falcons taking a D-end. Then at ninth, the Carolina Panthers selecting Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, are you surprised to see Anthony Richardson here going in the top 10 in Mel Kuyper's mock? 
freak athlete, incredible with his legs, not very good at all passing the ball. So this is a total prospect play right here. You're going to have to develop his passing game because his passing game stunk at Florida this past season. Awesome talent. I'm a Gator through and through. Richardson was electric to watch. He's 6'4". He had that huge frame, an unbelievable athlete. The problem was he completed just 53.8% of his passes last season. There are significant problems. It would need a lot of development. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortmaugh, we are here with you every single weeknight, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Check him out on social media. He loves it, at Joe Fortenbaugh. Slide into his DMs. You can check me out as well, at Amber W Sports. It is time now to do big deal, not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? James Steele, are you helping us out with this? Yeah, segment? I am helping you out. I thought you were Welcome going to, to introduce the show. me, but maybe yeah, ease your way into it, James. No yeah. rush. I don't know what's going on. Um, so, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier. We saw Patrick Mahomes walking around today, skipping around in some spots. Uh, no boot, no limp. Is that a big deal or not a big deal for the Chiefs in the AFC title game on uh, Sunday, Joe? I mean, it comes down. Is it a big deal for me, or is it a big deal for everyone else? I don't think it's a big deal. Is it a big I mean, deal I, for me? Well, I we thought he was going to be able you, to walk. I was, never, I was never questioning whether or not he could stand and move. I don't think that was ever in debate, like, whether or not he's going to be able to move. The question like is, can he play didn't fall off. Right. Like, all of a sudden he shows up and it's like he slowly walks up some steps, gives a press conference, says he feels good, slowly goes down the steps, goes out to practice, slowly jogs on the field. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? All of a sudden, I think he's healed. No, go run a four four forty, and then I'll shut up. Go 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 elude pressure the way I've seen you for the last five years elude pressure, and then I'll shut up. Until then, I've got concerns. Was Mahomes running a four four forty? Anyways, either way, Probably. here's I the thing. I think that's a bit unfair. I don't think he ran a four four. I don't think you he know did what? Ever, I got high standards. Right? That seems, I'm sorry, yes, I got that, high standards. That those standards seem extraordinarily high, particularly for that position. Nevertheless, uh, does he have a high ankle sprain? The answer to that question is yes. So that means that there is a problem moving forward in terms of his health and mobility. I'm not saying it's why they're going to lose the game. It just means if in fact he has a high ankle sprain, he's not going to be fully healthy for this game, despite the fact that James sent us a video of him walking gingerly and despite the fact that he did like three skips and James Steele lost his mind of course he can move his leg didn't fall he didn't break his leg it's an ankle sprain which yes can be very painful and sometimes you can tear ligaments and whatnot and so maybe this is an indication that he didn't do that that's good news from that perspective but if he in fact has a sprain he's not going to be 100% that's the reality I, yeah, it's a big deal. I think that's maybe that's just me. I'm sorry, you're the host, not the analyst uh, here. Sorry, that's true. All right, uh, I'll I'll stand my lane. Uh, Aaron Judge <laughs> signed a big uh, big deal with the Yankees uh, earlier a couple months ago, I guess now. Uh, Three hundred sixty million dollars, but he says that Anthony Rizzo's dog uh, helped him help convince him to resign uh, in New York. So, uh, big deal or not a big deal? I guess dogs who negotiate contracts? I don't know. Huh? 
I, I like that it was the dog that convinced him and not the $360 million in his bank account. I can relate. I, too, am a dog lover. Uh, so, sure, uh, this is a big deal. It, it, if the Yankees had known all they had to do was get Anthony Rizzo's dog involved in this deal, they maybe could have saved themselves a whole lot of money, Joe. I mean, maybe he would have taken 300 and and thrown the dog in there, you know? You two have no idea what you're talking about. This is a monster deal. It is way bigger than anybody thinks. The last time a dog talked to somebody in New York City, David Berkowitz killed eight people. Like, do you remember that? David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, terrorizing oh, New York like, City. What are we talking about? Yeah, he okay. was doing it because the dog told him to. Does no one remember that story? Judge well, I like being this told dog things, is doing a lot better work. Anthony Rizzo's dog is doing a lot better work than what was happening back then if he is, in fact, telling Aaron Judge to sign with the New York Oof. Yankees. I, I, I got to tell you, man, that's got to make people very uneasy in New York City that dogs are convincing people to do things again. Uh, Joan Amber here on ESPN Radio. Uh, yeah. Micah Parsons. That topic. Oh, uh, Micah Parsons uh, kind of maybe possibly threw some shade at Dak Prescott via a tweet uh, earlier today. Is that a big deal or not a big deal, Joe? Not a big deal. I find it funny. I find it humorous. I find it something we can discuss. Not a big deal. When it comes to these little Twitter beefs and dudes like scrubbing their Instagram accounts because they're mad at the team and then reposting everything. Okay. That's the way of the world today. I can accept it. Taking little shots, subtweeting. It's just, I don't find it to be that big of a deal. I find it humorous. Like I can address it. We can discuss it for a few moments, but not a big deal. Certainly not Patrick Mahomes showing up to the press conference with two legs today. It's not a big deal like that. Here's why I don't think it's a big deal, because I think everyone's reading into this when all Micah Parsons did was state something factual, right? And that's all Beal had done as well in the actual soundbite that Micah Parsons had retweeted. There is nothing but facts when you say that three of these four teams remaining have quarterbacks on rookie deals and that that's helpful when it comes to a salary cap sport. I'm still not certain how that's any sort of sh- shot at Dak when people are saying it is and they're making this big deal out of it. Like Dak's not going to be on a rookie deal, period. He wouldn't be on a rookie deal. Even if he had taken some sort of discount, he still wouldn't be on a rookie deal and they'd still be up against the salary cap. So I, I don't really know what the shot is other than it's a good situation to be in in the NFL. The recipe for success typically is if you can have a quarterback on a rookie deal. The Chiefs, of course, being the lone example otherwise. And Patrick Mahomes, although it cost him Tyreek Hill this past offseason, his deal absolutely cost them being able to throw that bag at Tyreek the way that the Dolphins were able to. It doesn't end up mattering because of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I don't know why we have to bring Tyreek Hill into this. Uh, LeBron James. Who? The Jets? Yeah, them. Uh, LeBron uh, James. Statistically had... better season than he had with Patrick Mahomes, with two. I'm just saying. That's uh, true. I mean, that's just because there was no one else there to throw to. Uh, oh, really? Because Jalen Waddle doesn't exist? Well, okay. they, they're, they're, both, they're both running very fast, like three yards away from the line of scrimmage. So. <laughs> what? Uh, what? All right. Uh, what? What? LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James had to be held back from a heckler during last night's loss to the Clippers. The heckler told Braun to get his uh, stuff together while L.A. was down 77-54, to 54, and he also insulted his hairline. Uh, LeBron wanting to fight a fan, big deal or not a big deal, Amber? 
Well, first of all, big deal because men are way too concerned about their hairlines. I got to be honest, men, their your hair, it's 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 an obsession and it doesn't need to be one. You guys are fine. Rock the bald, rock the whatever. You got it going on. Okay, but I will say that if you have to hold LeBron James back, it's a big deal because it's LeBron James, but also it's the NBA. And that whole holding people back thing in the NBA is normally a whole lot of smoke and mirrors, Joe, because I've seen a lot of NBA players be quote unquote held back in their day and none of them are actually going after anybody. I mean, I got to be honest. I have to address this because you brought it up. It's a big deal if it's Shannon Sharp because if he's doing this again, it's like, damn, dude, that apology was fake. <laughs> and then at the same time, that's probably not someone you want to mix it up with. I'm not saying he would win. It's just that would be a much tougher altercation than your classic drunk slovenly fan that you could probably put away with a nice one-two piece. And uh, how did Masvidal say it? A quick two-piece and a, and a, and a grape soda? Damn it, I got to get that reference right. If anyone's out there, call us up in the next segment. What was the Mosfidal comment? Two-piece and a soda, I think. Um, but yeah, that's it. If it's Shannon Sharp, it's a problem. If not, it's not a problem. At Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you tweet to him what Jorge <laughs> Mosfidal said the uh, with the comments. Uh, at Amber W Sports, you can tweet to me as well. Uh, okay, Joe, GoldenEye is back. And bringing yeah. it back on the Xbox and the Switch. Big deal or not a big deal? This is a huge deal. That is the game of all games. I grew up on that game in the 90s. Proxies in the basement. Uh, rocket launchers in the temple. Those are the two best levels to play. I love the fact that it's coming back. I think ultimately I will be wildly disappointed because nothing ever matches up with the original. Top Gun Maverick got close, but it's still not the original. So this is a big deal, but it is setting me up for some disappointment. Wait, I'm sorry. Is this a game or is this a movie? I'm very confused now. This is a video game. Oh, no. It's a video game. But Welcome to Earth. I a movie? Isn't that... Did you never play this game? You're like the same age as me. Play this game? I mean, you just said oh. it's like it is the game of all games. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was Madden. I thought that was NCAA. Like, what are we talking about? No, that's for nerds. Golden Eyes for the cool kids. Is it? Because yes. first of all... <laughs> I mean, First I guess all, and clearly since you didn't on. play it, we know News what category you fall into. Video games ain't for the cool oh, kids, no. period. Okay, oh, that's Sorry. gonna get for Sorry. Oh, no. Why don't you get out there and, and play oh, a sport? No. Uh, that might but, get her canceled. That kind of commentary, that reckless oh, commentary, man, might get you canceled. I'm this on Twitter. <laughs> but how could man. how could Goldeneye be the coolest of all? The, what about Doom? Wasn't Doom the game? Oh my we god! Were growing what up? is happening right now? Doom was, I believe, the original first-person shooter, but Goldeneye is the game Doom. that took it to another level because four people could four. play at the same time, and the screen would break into four boxes. Oh, wow. It was, it was awesome. like a gigantic waste of time. Yeah, and I wasted no. so much time playing this awesome game whenever You I alter your kid. state of mind. You make some pizza rolls. You have a night. Oh, you have a night. Yeah, you could also do that and just watch the movie. Cherry Pepsi. Uh, Sorry, Amber, yeah, we weren't all studying deal, the rule of perpetuities in, at in, 16 years old. In big, in big deal, not a big deal. If you had studied the rule of perpetuities, maybe you would have passed that bar exam. Perhaps. <laughs> maybe you should have put down Goldeneye <laughs> at some point there. Joe Fortenbaugh, Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Are we done with big deal, not a big deal, I, I mean, I, I have one more, but it's only specifically for Joe. Uh, Go ahead. I thought it was specifically for the yeah, cool kids. Too, yeah, it's I mean, probably a cool too. question. Yeah, I'd it's have a good to imagine. One. It's, it's, it's the only thing I'm really uh, worried about right now. Uh, Saturday's the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes is back. Big deal oh, or not a big deal? Huge deal. Huge. We got three storylines here. Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, or The Rock. Who's going to win it? Uh, my kids are very fired up. 
It it, it it feels like it's too obvious with Rhodes, does it not? It feels too obvious. Yeah. Uh, it it but sometimes the obvious thing isn't the bad thing. But it's the, not. So my so but my thing is is they've already announced that he's coming back, which means yeah. they have a big surprise in their pocket. And I don't know what the big surprise is. Is so. the big surprise that this is all scripted and fake? Is that the big not surprise? Not fake. Predetermined. Watch, watch your mouth first and foremost. Watch your You're, mouth. You are. This, this is not is, a good segment for you. Wait, is My this goodness. also? Wait, hold on. Were the cool kids watching wrestling yes. before or after the cool kids were playing? You just alienated like eighty-five percent of our audience by leaking all over Goldeneye and the Royal Rumble. Like, who who exactly do you think is listening to us right now? Cool. Do you think do you think the Supreme know, Court like justices are listening to us right now? What is happening? Shout out to Supreme Court justices. Thank you for listening to us. What's up? That would be nice, actually, if they tuned in. I would, I would appreciate them for that. They seem like very busy people. But we appreciate you as well for tuning in to Joe and Amber. We appreciate you so much that we're going to open up the phone lines to you. Because coming up next, we're going to play a little caller roulette. This is your chance to weigh in on the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Were you watching wrestling and playing video games in high school, or were you actually cool and, you know, Ugh. going on dates and stuff? Give us Ugh. a call. 888-SAY-ESPN. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortma hanging out with you. We have asked you to join the conversation. We're going to play a little caller roulette in just moments. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the number. Guys, do we have a pizza money first? I'm doing this in real time, Fortma. I know we should have had this conversation off air before we... Yes, I got a pizza money for you. you. I can throw a little little action your way. All right, let's... I got pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Lay the three with the Golden State Warriors tonight over the Memphis Grizzlies. The Warriors have their number. The Grizzlies are very good in transition basketball on offense, getting to the rack quickly. The problem is that the Warriors can neutralize that. They're one of the best transition defenses in the NBA. Warriors haven't played since Sunday when they lost to the Nets. Big bounce back spot here. They're also fantastic against the spread at home, covering the number over 70% of the time. I believe the Grizz are playing their fourth Game in six days. Four different cities in six days. I think they run out of gas tonight. Lay the points with the Warriors over the Grizzlies. 13 black odds. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette. With Joe and Amber. So let's do it. Let's play some caller roulette here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Any of your hot takes, anything you got for us, you can give to us. Tyler is in Pittsburgh. Tyler, thanks so much for the call. What do you have for us tonight? Yeah, I just, uh, thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to talk about the Steelers draft. Uh, a lot of people want them to take Joey Porter Jr. Uh, I think that would be awesome, but they really need to address the offensive line. Uh, there's a few O-linemen in, in the Big Ten. I just wanted to see what you guys uh, thought about the Steelers and the and their draft. I think that O-line has to be a primary concern for that Steelers team, but I will tell you, because Mel Kuyper just came out with his mock draft, 1.0, they have Joey Porter Jr., who you just mentioned, obviously, as the pick there in that 17th spot to the Steelers. 
I mean, went to Penn State. Father's a legendary stealer. It's obviously going to get the fan base worked up. I do agree with the call. Address the offensive line. Pittsburgh's a running team. They've got a young quarterback. Build up that offensive line. Defense is already pretty solid, led by T.J. Watt. You got some weapons at wide receiver and tight end. Go build the offensive line. I think that's the best move for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I would, I would get some protection there. Let's spin the wheel. Chris, Chris is in St. Louis. Chris, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, yeah, I just want to say we all knew wrestling was fake growing up, and we were cool and laughed at the people that really believed it. I remember watching uh, Geraldo get slapped on TV for asking if it was fake, and everybody knew that proved it uh, then and there that the wrestler got so upset about it. Um, but here's the problem. You said you watched it growing up, and uh, by my book, that makes you not so cool. <laughs> oh, here, here we go. First off, great call. The rest of uh, the listeners of Joe and Amber, they support that call. They think that's a wonderful call. Don't let this high school nerd tell you how you should live your life, okay? She was playing with an abacus while the rest of us were out there handling not our true. business. I was going on dates and having fun and going oh, to high okay. school parties and doing, you know, things that didn't involve sitting at home watching wrestling. Nevertheless, I can't get away from wrestling. Can't get yeah. away from it. I spent five years in local Miami radio hosting a show with an avid wrestling fan. We had wrestlers on all the time. I learned way too much about wrestling. We did a segment during COVID when there were no sports where I had to watch Monday Night Raw every single week and give a recap. Wrestling has somehow permeated my life against my will and now it still is here with Joe Fortenbaugh and James Steele who are both big wrestling are, fans. Are you really Proof ha- that COVID wasn't bad for everybody. Are you really having fun <laughs> if you're not watching wrestling? I don't know. Uh, yes, actually. And yes, not playing Goldeneye either. Goldeneye's uh, for nerds. Okay. <laughs> video games, generally. Let's spin the wheel. Tony. Tony is in Wisconsin. Tony, thanks for the call. What do you have? Tony. Hey, how are you doing today? First time caller. Thank you for taking it. Well, thanks, thanks for calling, for, man. Thanks for giving us the so, call, Tony. So I'm calling. I would just like to say um, in regards to the conversation earlier about Justin Jefferson and the MVP, in my, in my perspective, the quarterback is obviously the most valuable player on the field. No question. But now you go to the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson is the most valuable player based on defensive scheme. Where is Justin Jefferson on the field at that time? I mean, I could not agree with Tony more. There's this idea that the quarterback, and that's why the quarterback always wins that award, this is idea that the quarterback is the most valuable player. And it's just not true on every team by any means. And like he just said, the mere presence of Jefferson, even though you argued, Joe, that Justin Jefferson doesn't touch the ball enough to be the most valuable player, what you're not taking into account is what Tony just said, the defensive adjustments because of the mere existence of, of Justin Jefferson, a player like that, makes him that much more valuable. I guess he's the only guy on earth defenses are adjusting for. They can't clearly adjust for a guy like Patrick Mahomes. He probably doesn't worry them at all. Justin That's Jefferson's awesome. What Tony said. Just not the MVP. I mean, let, let me ask you this. How do you think the Jets feel about the value of the quarterback position right now? Right? They probably think it's pretty valuable. Case closed. If you don't have a quarterback, you stink. If you do have a quarterback, you got a shot. Let's spin the wheel one last time. Mark's in Minnesota. Mark, you got 20 seconds. What do you have? 
Um, I was going to go the MVP thing. If a quarterback throws a five-yard screen pass and the running back runs for 75 yards, does the quarterback get 75-yard pass? Yes, he does. That is what is that case closed right there? That's it. Okay, well, new mean, rule: that... only wide receivers can win the MVP award because of the screen pass analysis. No, but it is true. There's more to that. Who's actually doing the work on the field in that instance? It ain't the quarterback who's valuable. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from seven to nine p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel eighty, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.